Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Welcome to the good news on a Tuesday. Therapist Lisa is back. Hello, Therapist Lisa. Hello. Happy Tuesday. Oh, thank you, Therapist Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) We miss each other, didn't we? I know. We laugh. We laugh. We like to laugh. All right. And Pastor John Moreland, not here today, but his backup is here. Pastor John Byrne is here. Welcome back, John. Thanks. It's good to be here, Angie. Uh, Good to have you. All right. I want to start, uh, normally I start with good news, but this is so distressing to me. I think we have to cover it. One of the good news stories I'm going to cover involves two beautiful young women who were bullied at one point and who now have this wonderful school program. And they talk about their bullying experience. One of the girls tried to commit suicide. And when you see her, she looks like a supermodel. And you're like, wait a second. Like, you don't look like I would think you would look. And then you realize these normal, wonderful kids are being bullied and they think something's wrong with them and nothing's wrong with Mm. them. You know what I mean? Nothing. And you know that, but you expect it to be a kid who is already, uh, you know, uh, saddled with a disability or parents Mm. who um, are having problems at home and maybe they're not dressed well. You think they're going to be the kids picked on, which they are. Right. But then you have these kids that you would never think would be Mm -hmm. the kids. And here this girl tried to kill herself. So now she goes in with a friend and they talk to uh, middle schoolers and you know kids about bullying. And then they ask the kids to write um, an apology letter to one person in the school that they will present to them at the end of the, um, of the conference. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? And there's more to it. Um, and it's a, a, I think it's called the Kind Campaign. I'll look it up in just a minute and give you guys all the details. But with that, speaking of being kind, these poor teachers. And yes, there was an incident recently where a police officer came in and flipped the desk. Okay, but now the kids in the school mm-hmm. are saying, please bring the officer back. That they say, we don't know what happened before the girl was flipped. Yes, she has a lot of issues right now. She has been in foster care. She's experienced some losses um so yet it didn't go down obviously as we would want it to have gone down but the kids are saying this is a good guy not a guy that should be fired they like him right right and and then one more thing that comes into play there are teachers that are seriously being threatened in the classroom granted this was a male uh teacher um that called the police in and wanted some assistance but these teachers are not paid to be security Mm -hmm. guards or armed you know um, officers to handle these kids and there's a viral video that surfaced and it's pretty disturbing and Jorge we've cut out pretty much any language that shouldn't be in there because the language is bad so I'm going to set the scene for you it just went viral but it's not brand new turns out it's from 2011 and it's from a Chicago vocational school so it's a, a school in Chicago and there's about six to eight kids that I see in the classroom and a tiny little teacher that we find out is a substitute teacher so when this surfaces in the last week everybody thinks it's new well really it had stayed hidden because one of the kids that shot it certainly didn't want it out because the male in the video I believe she told him you know, he couldn't have the bag of M&M's in the class. He has a big bag of M&M's, and he's going to hit her with the bag of M&M's. He's cursing at her, tells her to sit her, you know, blank word down in the chair, picks up a wooden and metal desk and holds it over her head wow. like he is going to attack her with it. The girls are kind of laughing and egging him on. They're all nervous and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It turns out that a news uh, station, WLS, uh, uh, covered in, in Chicago and said, look, this is from 2011. We contacted the school. They said, oh, by the way, that teacher's a substitute she hasn't been here in a long time. Oh, like that solves the problem? <laughs> right. Okay, and then they said they didn't let us know whether or not the kids had been disciplined because I don't know. She was trying to get security, but no mm-hmm. one would go 
for her and she was cornered by the kid. And it, I have to tell you, it made me cry when I watched it. Wow. It is so physically threatening and so scary to me. Mm-hmm. And my brother had been a teacher for a short time in an inner city school and it literally broke him emotionally. Mm. It was like this, but I don't know that they threatened him to this degree, but he didn't even make it a year in the school. Wow. And he's, my brother's a math genius. He's extremely intelligent. And uh, he wanted to do this to help kids out um, in the inner city. And uh, he was w- with a program that brings teachers into situations like this. I think it's Teach for America or something to that effect. It's been years. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that I've ranted for, <laughs> looking at me laughing, just listen to this and you will hear without even seeing it how disturbing it is. I'm finna smack it for a whole bag of m and Why you grab it For those who hear you parking on the side. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down in your chair. Again, young man, I need you to Sit down in your chair. Have a seat. I'll be to have a seven week date. Can you get security? Hold on. Back up. Get someone in the security. Your security's not out there. Can no, just sit down. Wherever your security is. Ain't no security, y'all. What's your security for? Again, young. But she sat down in that seat, though, right? Have a seat. She sat down in that seat, though, right? He was threatening her there, and he had cursed at her and told her to sit in the chair, and she did. She's mm-hmm. terrified. Wow. And she's trying to remain calm. And what the ca- person with the camera is right up in her face. And um, it goes on for about three minutes. And uh, when he holds that desk up above her head, that big metal and mm. wooden desk, uh, it, it was terrifying. You know, I, I just listening to this and just seeing even with all the, you know, we see on the police, how the police have been treated and stuff. I just wonder where have we lost so much respect for authority figures? You know, at one time a teacher just would have to look at you or your parent would just look at you and you knew, you know, get in your place basically. And somewhere... I don't know if it's because we feel so empowered with these videos that we have to be careful of because anyone could look bad on a video. It depends on how you shoot it, you know? So that just is very concerning. Where has the respect gone? Yeah, and I think a lot of it in a couple areas. One is in in the homes, you Mm -hmm. know, and and you find in some of these communities where there's there's an absent father and there's all these things going on at home. And, you know, moms, single moms are struggling and they've got, teenage boys and they're bigger than they are and there's there's no fear there's no respect um you know it's really really difficult in these kind of situations and i'm when i was in school i went to a private school and i get my butt whooped a couple once in a while in school and if i was more scared about going home right than i was of getting my butt whooped in school do right but and and I don't want it to oh, think man. because I know a lot of people will say, oh, we've lost like the spanking and stuff like that. But I think you hit it um, really on the head, John. It's like where where a lot of them are single parents, mm. no dad in in the you know in the household, and male role models and things like that. Where a, you know a kid can look up to a male kid could look up to, and I just and if there's no parental figure at home, they have so much freedom. And I think that's a big issue, too. I feel like many of us are still trying to create that 1950s-like environment. You know, Jorge's married with three kids, married for, gosh, how long now? 19 years. Okay, and you've got Moose, who's still a kid, but married like almost 10, (laughs) you know. And John, how long have you been married? 22 years. Oh, my goodness. Lisa? Almost, well, 19, almost 20. Wow. And uh, me, I I think we're at uh, 11. And so... 
and you know, and we all, you know, we're trying to raise our kids and mm-hmm. two parent families. And I, believe me, I have a heart for the single mom. I have a heart for the single dad. I know sometimes you end up in a situation like that. And it's so difficult. And I feel like I, I'm trying to raise my kids in like a 1950s environment, but the world's not that anymore. Mm-hmm. And this, this, this school situation, you know, having had my brother, literally, I think it, he had an emotional breakdown mm. and, and, I remember him talking about one girl that was accusing him of racism. And believe me, my brother's mm. not racist. And it had to do with a math class, you know, and um, him not. It's hard to teach kids who don't get some of the concepts that he felt were really basic. And um, I think that, you know, I know he turned in his keys and he had to leave. Wow. You know, I mean, that was it. He didn't leave like at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was not. It was, a pre- it was yeah. yeah. It just cr- it broke him, and just kid high school kids. Right. You know, um, so the incident with the cop. I just think we need to step back because I read underneath the inc- where where he flipped her. And I don't think he meant to flip the desk. I really don't. I, agree. I think I agree. he was trying to grab her. Mm-hmm. And um, some kids had said that he was. She was trying to hit him prior to the video. I don't know. Yes, it got on a hand, but. Should the teacher be allowed to call in for security and get a kid removed from a class that is misbehaving and uh, creating an environment that's not conducive mm-hmm. to other kids learning? I used to get mad in school when kids would act out when I mm-hmm. couldn't learn. Right. And I even told off some boys in high school in one of my <laughs> classes that were, they were harassing the teacher. And I just told them to be quiet. I was sick and tired of them interrupting the class because I wanted to learn and it was wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I feel bad for teachers a lot. They're hamstrung in what they can do. And and how they, they've got so much red tape and so many policies because especially in today's world where an 11-second video mm-hmm. can turn your entire world upside and down. And be fired immediately exactly. without any yeah. invest- investigation. Within a day, I think he was fired. And there's no context. There's no what happened before, mm-hmm. what happened after, afterwards. And so there's absolutely no fear on the student's part. I think we're so into being so politically correct. Agreed. You know, that we're missing what the real issues are. And so, yes, our hands are tied and stuff. And the school administration is tied. And and it's so easy for them to go against a, a teacher, so to speak, and fire that teacher rather than, you know, the lawsuits and what's going to open up because a kid's claiming, you know. Well, and something. look at what happened with the Muhammad boy in the clock. Right. Okay, I... I, I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming. Um, I mean, I was angry that the White House called out the teachers and the police department and said they failed the kid because he had that clock in another classroom. I believe it was English. So yes, he made it for another class. That teacher knew about it. That's all fine and dandy. But if I'm an English teacher and that clock goes off and there is a pencil box with wires in it, mm-hmm. um, I, I what Michelle Ron, who comes on the show um, repeatedly and who was one of the teachers of one of the Columbine shooters, she says we have to be vigilant. We're told to make these calls. Then the teachers make the call and then they get mocked by the white house or right. ridiculed or condemned the teachers failed him you know hey bring right. that clock to the white house and that is embarrassing to the police department as well but somehow they were wrong for cuffing the kid they're just investigating right that he wasn't once they found out what the story was he wasn't hurt or penalized mm-hmm. in any way the whole thing the way it went down um i think it made teachers more fearful to to, to cry wolf per se you know what I mean? or to more fearful to, right. to reach out for help because they're afraid they'll get in trouble for asking for help but then if you don't and your kids are blown up in your class i mean right. come on they're put in this horrible situation right right and i and I, I totally agree with you angie and it's hard it's hard to watch those kinds of things and i have so many friends who are teachers and police and these kinds of things and and i worry about my my brother's a police officer in minnesota and i worry about him because there is sometimes no decision that you can make 
mm-hmm. in these situations that where you're going to you're going to make the right decision. There's right. no right decision. I always say, you know what, even with that aftermath, err on the side of caution. I agree. You and know? if you're my kid's teacher, yeah. exactly. I certainly want you erring on the side right? of caution. You know, when you when I find out later, well, you know, remember the White House got angry right. when they called about the <laughs> clock? That sweet Mohammed boy that made that beautiful clock. Well, remember the White House said how stupid the teachers were and the police are so wrong to arrest him. They failed him. And so I thought I wouldn't call. And I'm sorry your children died, but I just didn't want to get in trouble. Right. Yeah, right. Really? Really? Okay, so this is that campaign I told you about. It's called the um, Kind Campaign. And this is two women that have started this campaign. And they're just beautiful young girls. And uh, their names are Molly. Um, Molly speaking out. um, And and Lauren. And Lauren was bullied to the point, um, breaking point, where she survived a suicide attempt. And so now they have this organization, Kind Campaign, where they speak in schools. So here's part one of their story. How are you girls doing today? How many girls in this room have been negatively affected by something that another female has said or done to you? Every single woman and girl on this planet has experienced bullying on some level, whether it be you receiving it or giving it. The two of us started Kind Campaign back in 2009 and really the inspiration was rooted in personal experiences that we had with girl against girl crime or bullying. For me, I went through a really hard time in middle school. It started with a rumor and escalated into two years of torture. I ended up dealing with a severe depression which actually took me to a place of attempted suicide and I think it's really important to remind girls and people that that is never the solution to anything. I think that's why our program works so well is because, you know, it's the two of us going in sharing our personal experiences with bullying. I dreaded coming to school. We were in their shoes just a few years ago going through a lot of the same social pressures and things that they might be going through. I got a text from one of my, who I thought was my friend, um, it was about a guy he liked me, but she liked him, and she was calling me like rude names, and she kind of threatened to punch me in the hallway and beat me up and stuff. I'm really sorry that you went through that. So these two girls, and you can see how, aren't they just gorgeous? And they're young, so that also, the kids see them and they kind of admire them and look up to them, and physically, they fit like what society says is like the most beautiful woman. And so these young women come in and say, hey, I've been where you were. There, look at me. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. me. And I felt just like you feel to the point of that one of them tried to kill herself. And so I love that they are going into schools and having these giant uh, assemblies oh, wow. and talking to kids. I think when you open that door to get kids to really look at the behavior around them and realize that it's wrong, because I think sometimes we tend to be like sheep and we're like, well, all the other kids are picking on Susie. Why can't I pick on Susie? Isn't that the right thing to do? Because everyone else is doing it. And they know that little inner voice inside of them saying it's wrong, but sometimes they don't have the courage to do the right thing because it's hard sometimes to be brave and stand up to the bullies. Well, and then even on the other end, when you're being bullied, you think something's wrong with you. And so now you have these beautiful role models saying, you know, you look at them and like, wow, maybe there isn't anything wrong Wrong with with me. me, You know, maybe it's the one who bullied me. That's the one that has the issues, not me. so it, it allows them to see that, you know what, beautiful people inside and out get bullied. It has no barriers. You yeah, know? and that there isn't, it's, it's not about you. No. Yeah, it, it just, and I don't even know 
how bullying satisfies people if it makes them feel above someone or the power that they have. I did interview a bully once, and he's, he's, he's a reformed mm. bully, and he said that he was having a lot of problems at home, and it made him feel like he had power. Definitely. Mm. mean to kids. Yeah, and he I had think, some control. Yeah, and I think, I think you hit on something really important, Angie, and that is that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of these bullies are hurt people yeah. who just – this is their, the outward expression of, of what's going on inside or at home or whatever it is. Right. They don't know. Maybe they know better in a sense, but, but it's just how they react. It's their impulse. It's, and probably a lot of the people we think don't get bullied oh, really sure. do. Yeah. They're experiencing, they're receiving some of it as well. All right, let's listen to part two and you'll hear a little bit more about what they do at these school assemblies. This is your chance to not live with regrets and to make amends. So what you're going to do is you're going to fill out your apology, sign your name, and then hand your apology to the person you've written it to after the assembly. We get to witness really special moments in the assemblies that we do, and oftentimes we have the opportunity to watch as a girl has the courage and takes action and apologizes to another girl, and it's always such a beautiful moment for us to witness. I truly am sorry for everything. You didn't deserve any of that. It doesn't take some huge act to change your school experience. It is something as simple as being kind. It made me feel better about yeah. coming to school and not yeah. like feeling like something's going to happen. We know the pain that exists in these hallways. We've seen it. We've experienced it ourselves. So to be able to do what we do and really leave a lasting impact, I don't know that we could have ever dreamed when we started this that it would have the effect that it does. All right, so listen to this. This is after one of their school, um, just just last week they were at uh, uh, a school in Orange County. It says, the last day of our tour to all the girls at Aliso Viejo Middle School and Lakeside Middle School in Orange County, California. Tough place to grow up, a lot of expectations, you know. Thank you for being so eager to create change within your hallways, mend conflicts within your friendships, and reach out to those within your school who need a friend. We loved spending the day with you. Then um, one of the teachers or parents says, thank you for coming to Lakeside. Do you have a program for the elementary schools? Then a teacher wrote, my girls asked if they could do a group hug today when they returned from your assembly. And then another teacher or parent wrote, you are both amazing. Thank you so much for coming to our school. Thank you for coming to the school. Um, um, my 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 daughter came home so empowered afterwards, mm. and these this is just last That's week from great. their Facebook page kind campaign. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I just had this conversation with my daughter um, yesterday, and she was talking about uh, a, a person who just is kind of just not nice to her at school. And uh, this this might kind of give you some insight into my mind, I guess. But I so I told her. I told her, you know, you just need to start being really nice to this person and take extra time to be nice to them. And she goes, yeah, but daddy's so mean to me. And I go, I know. And it's like heaping coals on his head and, you know, the kindness. And so I think it's amazing how kindness, though, can produce those kind of results when somebody extends an apology and all of a sudden there's reconciliation. I try to teach my kids who I think are a little bit younger, mine are six, eight and ten. Yeah. Um, and I say, um, you have to teach sometimes people to be kind. Right. And how are they going to learn if you don't show them kindness? And then I remember we d- did a story, Jorge, in the last year. Um, it was uh, a dad 
and he was very involved in the church. I can't remember if he was a pastor, but his kids were getting really picked on on the bus. And so he wanted to go when he said and like punch the kid out. But instead, he gave his kids a Bible to give to the kid. And the wow. kid couldn't believe it and asked if he could come to church with them. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? That's, That's awesome. I know. I, and the dad really even wanted to be mean to the wow. kid. Yeah. And the kid said that the, the mean kid was so shocked that they had a gift for for, mm-hmm. for, for him. All right, we'll be right back with the good news again. We've got therapist Lisa here and, uh, and also Pastor John Byrne. We'll be right back. His love expressed for us right here on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Hope starts with a meal at Denver Rescue Mission. Each year, the mission provides hundreds of thousands of meals to the hungry and homeless in our community. And each year, the number of hungry increases. You can help this Thanksgiving season by giving at denverrescuemission.org. By giving to the mission, you guarantee that someone in need gets a Thanksgiving meal this year given to them through the Denver Rescue Mission. Just $1.92 is all it takes to provide a warm and hearty meal for one hungry man, woman, or child. You would be surprised by how little it takes to make an impact. Such a small amount can restore hope and begin to change lives. You can also donate a turkey to the mission, ensuring that a family will have one for Thanksgiving. Ready to help the cause? Donate online at denverrescuemission.org. Change happens here. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business. And I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions. And News at gmail.com. Again, it's News at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news. Hey, it's Angie. Do you have dreams and goals that you really want to reach and you don't know how to reach them? You feel lost, like you don't have a roadmap to your dreams? Do you need like a big jolt of coffee? Well, that's Carrie Conley. She has a big event coming up and every year I go and it helps me reach my goals. Hi, Carrie. Hi, how you doing? Yes, very, very excited about the event. It's called Vision is Victory. It's the third annual. It's in January uh, 2016, the 14th through the 16th in Scottsdale, Arizona. It'll be beautiful. And I'll be there. You'll be there. Tickets are very reasonable right now. Great excuse to get away from Colorado in the cold winter months. And you really teach us um, every single step we have to take to take what we want in life and actually put it into actionable steps and reach our goals. That's right. I want people walking out knowing exactly what to do and how to get there. And in three days, we learn that. You do. I did. And meet some really awesome people people and have a lot of fun. It is a blast and I learn so much every year that I go. All right, Carrie Conley, how do we reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. This is where love lives. 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Therapist Lisa here and also Pastor John Byrne and myself. We were just talking about the kind campaign and bullying. And as we went through further through the page, we came across a story um, of during bullying, National uh, Bullying Prevention Month, uh, the kind campaign, the two girls that started it, they saw, saw, boy, they went to nine states 
and they they talked to eight th- over eight thousand girls. And one of the schools they went to, uh, they posted a picture, and it says today's assembly at Churchill Middle School in Nevada was particularly heartbreaking. This is Tiffany Morris and her beautiful daughter. Tiffany wrote to Kind Campaign a couple of months ago, letting us know that her daughter Taylor committed suicide last February while in eighth grade at that school, Churchill. Taylor was bullied relentlessly by a group of girls at her school, with much of the bullying taking place online. It was so important to the mom Tiffany to honor her daughter by starting a real conversation about the often life-threatening effects of bullying within the very hallways that drove Taylor to that life-ending decision. And those kids then now would be in a ninth grade, so they would be, well, maybe not be in the school, but mm-hmm. she, at the very school that her daughter went to, she got this conversation started. Just heart-wrenching because, you know, you talk about bullying and Oftentimes, we as parents don't, mm. well, you do, Lisa, know that it ends in suicide. Right. But we as parents, we don't think that's going to happen mm-hmm. to our kids. Oh, well, so many people we hear, oh, come on, get a backbone and, you know, deal with it. And we had to deal with this when, you know, we were younger. And so it is real. And people do commit suicide over it. And I think we've talked about it numerous times and and it showed in that article. It doesn't just stop at school now with all the internet it's constant so just think about being constantly berated and put down and just feeling like you know this is your social network and everyone you think everyone's against you so it is real and um it's great that these women are reaching out. It's really important that parents take this serious, you know, and really help and empower their children if things are going on that, um, you know, they feel is out of their control. Well, and we um, we we have Cassie on um, quite a bit. She has her own radio show, Cassandra Perkins, and she also in middle school thought she was great when she started middle school. She had a sense of style, and she liked wearing leggings and tutus to school, and everybody told her, what an idiot she was for doing that and then she started to hate herself and she also was open about the fact that she tried to commit suicide now she's 19 has her own radio show and is an advocate for other teens Mm -hmm. but she got a second chance because her attempt was failed you know and um there was another gal that came in with cassie once and um the kids at school one of the kids had set up a fake fake Facebook account in this girl's name and her mom had a very difficult time getting the Facebook account taken down and then in that Facebook account, it appeared that her daughter was ripping into other kids, but it really wasn't her daughter. Oh. So imagine the ramifications of that, right. that all of the kids have, see your picture right. on a Facebook page, and you're writing and making comments about the other kids that are horrible. So all of a sudden, you're seen as the bully sure. when it's not even your account. Right. right. Can you believe that? And you also have to know, like, even rumors so that, you know, that, oh, this person slept with this person and, and it never even happened. And, right. you know, and so that's really debilitating for people, too, where you already have this perception that you're this person and you're really not not kind of like with this other person experience, you know, with people, someone pretending to be her. But sometimes just the rumors going around saying you did something when you really didn't and the name calling and things, it, you know, it is really horrible. And kids just as adults we want to believe you know when people tell us something or we hear something about you know oh someone said this about you you know especially being people pleasers you know we want like oh my gosh why do they think that way and so as adults hopefully we have better coping skills but as a kid imagine all those rumors and and just those hurtful things it's really hard to deal with it at times yeah and i think i think i think too lisa you know maybe you can speak to this more but 
that that time period, you know, that early adolescence, especially where those coping mechanisms haven't been developed, their brain is still developing, you know, all the physical changes that are going, it's a really um, fragile time for them. And that's also the time when a lot of this stuff yes, happens. Happening. Definitely. You know, and we always <clears throat> say that, um, you know, kids should see the future and, oh, tomorrow's going to be better or next week's going to be better. Kids are in the here and now, right. you know, they don't think about in two months this will pass. So they think this is devastating. That's a good point that because of the way that their brains are. Um, okay. And can I just bring in, um, let's stop the adult bullying. Um, and I know that in politics, it's like a lot of people think it's funny, but um, uh, President Obama made a comment. Um, it was like he was up there doing some kind of a Richard Pryor, you know, show. Oh, yeah. He uh, made it. Uh, the quote was, uh, it said, President Barack Obama left a crowd of more than 1,300 in stitches on Monday night at the Richard Rogers Theater. Uh, the president was the encore at the special performance for a Democratic uh, National Committee fundraiser. And I don't talk about politics much. This is more about bullying. He said regarding uh, the GOP presidential candidates, quote, if you can't handle a bunch of CNBC moderators, I don't think the Chinese and the Russians are going to be too worried. And uh, everybody thought that was hilarious, you know, that um, Obama mocked Republican presidential candidates who'd called him weak. He also made jokes about some candidate's stance on climate change. He poked fun at what happened in the last GOP debate, saying they can't handle a bunch of CNBC moderators. You know, how are they going to handle the Russians and the Chinese? And then the other thing that really bothers me is, can we please stop um, bringing up the looks of female businesswomen and candidates? Carly Fiorina was once again, not only did Trump mock her, but um, the ladies on The View, and it wasn't quite as bad as I initially thought, but Carly has responded to it, and I think she's either went on The View again or um, is going on this week. This Friday. Okay. So Carly responds to the view host who made fun of her appearance. Uh, basically, she was Carly was uh, criticized for not smiling enough. Did, did they criticize the men for not smiling enough? Are the women supposed to be if they're smiling all the time? And so she decided she'd smile more during the last debate. And so the women on the view said that she looked demented and that she looked like she had a Halloween mask on. And then Carly said, "Well, let's see if they say that to my face." And her response, of course, was quite. Um, well thought out. She's a very uh, intelligent woman. And I'm just, can we just stop bringing up females' looks and female politicians? Like, we're not voting for their looks. That's not, we're not, if we were voting for looks, a lot of people who were, you know, in office would never have gotten there. That's not what we're voting for. And I'm just so tired of women being uh, held to a standard of not only do you have to be smart and articulate, but you also have to look a certain way. Really? But it's not even that. Even if you go on Facebook and you disagree with someone, especially with politics, right, it gets so attacking. Like you're, you know, you're not smart like me. I mean, and that's a nice word. Put right. It, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know I'm on radio. You're so being I'm gonna so be, mean, I'm Lisa. Gonna really stop be it. careful, you know. <laughs> but really, it's like it's so attacking. So you're right, Angie. It's like picking on people's appearances, picking on people's intelligence, all because you don't agree. Yeah, and it, and it really is about that. I mean, you know, Carly, I think, is, is she's an attractive woman, so these comments so are just kind of weird. Why it, it's kind of like the bullying right. we talked about in the first segment with the yeah. two beautiful women, young women coming to the school, one of them who was bullied so relentlessly she almost killed herself, and there's nothing wrong with Carly. There's nothing wrong with that. But even if no. there was right. something right. wrong with her, that's not why we bring attention to, uh, we bring attention to her for her platform, for Correct. her opinions, for her politics, for the way she handled her, you know, for Hewlett-Packard and the, the business practices, not for her smile 
smile or her demented face or her quote unquote Halloween mask right. face. Right. right. Well, and I and I think that points out that it's about something else. There's right. something else going on, and people don't know how to respond, and so they just say these things. They're attacking. I, think. I mean, yeah. they're, they're mean, right. Right? right? Well, and she said, Carly said, quote, I think what these women represent, she's talking about the women on The View, is a set of liberal fe- feminists who believe if you do not agree with them on their li- uh, liberal um, or- orthodoxy, then you don't count that somehow you're not a woman that you don't, she's saying, have worth if they don't agree with what you're saying. And, you know, you see in a lot of mainstream media and TV shows that if you're conservative, you're not very well thought of. Mm -hmm. You know, and there are a lot of circles where if you have conservative views that you're not politically correct. Right. Yeah. Well, and that, and not to get into the politics, but even what Obama said, it's not that they couldn't handle the CNBC moderators. It was the questions that were asked. It's like, as voters, I don't care. You know, I want to get into the meat right. of the yeah, issues. Yeah, I don't want you know? them comparing Trump to a cartoon character. Right. You know, right. that like that's offensive to me. to me. Exactly. So I think, and I think Obama missed that boat on that. That's what the issue was: is that those questions weren't questions that American people want to hear. We don't care about that other stuff. You right. know? We want to hear him talk about substantive, right. substantive issues, issues and address things that matter to this country and we don't care Correct. what Huckabee thinks about right. Trump's character or anything yeah, like that. We, right. It's offensive to us. Right. And it's offensive to us to make a mockery out of the politics in our country. Mm-hmm. This is our country. A lot of us are really proud to live here and proud to be part of, you know, to, to be an American. Right. And they make a mockery out of it when they bully each other and make these comments. And so so I, I was just interesting that I'm seeing adult bullying in right. the news, you know, the last That's few a days. a lot. Yeah. So then what do kids do? You right. know what I mean? We're, they mimic it. Exactly. We see it. Kids see it. Parents are watching that on TV. The View, what is it on at 10 o'clock, you know, our time? So kids are home possibly or whatnot, and then they're hearing this and people laughing and, oh, that's funny. So now I'm going to go to school and make fun of little Sally who's dressed like, the, you know? So well, and I think, too, that um, if I, I tried to get my husband to not talk about politics in front of the kids much and I you may think oh they need to be educating this not in grade school because I feel like then they take these beliefs and feelings to school and not know enough about it and they want to know what you think so they can parrot it at school and I don't know that it's appropriate to put your kid in a weird situation like that um, with their teachers and I don't know it just makes me uncomfortable. I have no problem to be knowledgeable on all sides of issues right and again there's a way to to debate issues appropriately than to hit, so to speak, below the belt. And well, I think that's my, my the daughter issue. was slightly making fun of Donald Trump, but you have to hear it first. So, a knock, knock. Who's oh, there? No. Uh, Donald. Donald who? Donald Trunk. See, like an elephant. Get it, Donald Trunk. I got an elephant it. trunk. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that wasn't too mean. That's on her cute. Part. Yeah. Donald Wait, now trunk. is Angie is Angie an adult bully now? <laughs> uh, oh, no, that was her daughter. She was oh, okay. Just it was, okay. <laughs> well, actually, that starts uh, the other topic I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about. Um, I, I interviewed um, an, uh, an author about where has all the fun gone, and she was uh, uh, she's the author Arlene Pellicane of Thirty One Days to Becoming a Happy Mom, and she said, "Let's do a, um, an interview on where has all the fun gone." I'm like, "In what? Where? In in be- being a parent?" I'm like, oh, oh, that's a great question. Where has all the fun gone? And so she had some really great tips to um, renewing the fun within your family. And you know, Lisa, I do a lot of this. Yes. And a lot. Uh, she said, first of all, get out there and do these fun things with your kids. And so we love to go to YMCA the Rockies. And then I play adult dodgeball. We play family kickball. We do, you know, uh, family rock climbing and a bunch of other things like that. And uh, 
she said, you need to be the parent that gets out there and like a trampoline. I get on the trampolines with the kids. I'm the only one at the birthday party who pays (laughs) extra to go on with the kids. So she says, start having fun with your kids again. It's not all about homework and arguing about math facts and who's going to read and crying about whether or not they can have Halloween candy after breakfast. Right. Can't we, why can't we have dessert after breakfast? Because <laughs> you just had Frosted Flakes. Well, I want a Kit Kat. I'm like, this thing, you don't get dessert after breakfast. Breakfast is sometimes dessert. Right. Yeah. I don't want to debate this. I don't want to count out every single Lucky Charm in my kids' bowl so they get the equal amount of Lucky Charms. They are magically <laughs> delicious, but they're not that delicious. And so she said to get the fun back in. Also, she said, um, like, have jokes and family storytelling time and what's your magical moment, asking the kids questions. Mm-hmm. And last night, we um, it just happened to have had the knock-knock book out because my daughter had been reading them, the Donald Trump joke. That's where she got it in the <laughs> knock-knock book. And so we were doing knock-knock jokes and we were taking turns, you know, and my six-year-olds were like, knock-knock, who's there? A shoe, a shoe, who? a shoe, you! You know, and so, you know, they were like, just made up and just horrible. Up stuff, right, but that right. was funny that they were so bad, you know, and right. knock-knock, who's there? Orange, 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 you glad I invited you to dinner? You know, so, that you know, we just went around the table. So I think that trying to see being a mother, a parent, a dad, a husband, a wife as fun again mm-hmm. is a real refreshing idea. Definitely. Laughing, that's, that's what it means, you know, yeah. to actually just unwind, have fun, and laugh. And I think that's important for kids to see that their parents, you know, I'm like, I'm even thinking like for my dad, I don't ever remember him laughing. Really? Your dad? My dad's serious. Yeah. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. So my mom laughs, but my dad. And so that's funny because I, I remember that, you know, so definitely it's, it's fun to laugh at yourself, be silly, be goofy at times and just have a good time and, and throw everything else out the window yeah and i'm probably the exact opposite of your dad because my defense mechanism is to make people laugh Ah. yeah which is really bad as a pastor because somebody will come in and something tragic's just happened to them and and i'm like trying to make them laugh pastor (laughs) john you're all nervous and like have you seen my new knock knock book (laughs) no angie austin gave it to me it's fabulous yeah there's one about donald trump in here it's excellent excellent he has a trunk get it trunk trump yeah no 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 Uh, my dad is um you know in his 80s and he's still really funny he's sarcastic and my stepmom is really funny I think I've mentioned to you guys uh, before that um, my my daughter when she was about four when she met my stepmom said you have really big eyes she said you have big eyes she goes you look like an alien and then my stepmom who is from another country said I am an alien I am a legal alien I am a legal alien you are right I'm legal and so I just thought that was so funny and there that's what I think my dad and my stepmom laugh a lot. My dad's super yeah. sarcastic. He'll, you know, my, if my stepmom's running later, we are be like, here we are again. Our family always taking off like a herd of turtles, <laughs> you know, and just like you know. And my my dad's side of the family, they're all really funny. It's my my aunt, his sister, that there was a horrible political conversation once at a family reunion between my dad and my uncle. And my uncle watches the same um, news program. It's burned onto his TV screen oh, yeah. because the logo is up so often that it's like burned onto the screen. Wow. Even if you try to watch something else, if you want to watch like Mutual Homoha, you know, <laughs> and you want to see some animals, it's burned onto That's the screen. Crazy. And so um, when it got real heated and we thought it was getting kind of nasty, my aunt said, anybody want Cheerios for breakfast? Yeah. So now anytime <laughs> there's anything stressful in the family, we'll go, um, anybody want Cheerios? Cheerios, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I um, the humor is definitely, and, and this is what the um, the author suggested to me. She said, um, 
why don't you brainstorm if you have a serious dad like you did Lisa brainstorm and find out what do they want to do get everybody in the family to submit a couple of ideas and like we love to do like family trips in the winter to like the natural history museum and now they have a children's area that's a blast for the kids um, or museum of nature and science it is I think and then uh, we, we like the zoo a lot but then jumpaline mm-hmm. and there's lots of places that parents can have fun and join in the fun and I got the you know the scooter that you ride right. like a stair stepper that the neighbors think I'm crazy for riding Mm-hmm. Uh, and my, my, my father-in-law told me, you're going to kill yourself on that. I'm like, look at me fly. Well, like, you think I'm a senior citizen? Watch me roll. <laughs> you know? And he, he hinted the neighbors stopped me. Like, what is that? Now, and do you have teenage? your helmet? That's, That's right. what he said. <laughs> he said, you're a bad example. Oh. Yeah, yeah, because I was only going around the cul-de-sac. And I know you can still kill yourself yeah. in the cul-de-sac. But <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, brainstorm with your family. Figure out Definitely. some fun things. And uh, uh, check out that kind campaign and look at the bully. Maybe we can get them to come out so to some of the Colorado or Birmingham schools or Portland schools, if you're yeah. listening, in another market. Pretty cool, huh? That's awesome. great. Yeah. All right, therapist Lisa, how do we find you? At lifesupportinstitute.com. All right, Pastor John Byrne, where do we find you? Gfol.org is where you can find church for or the website for Grace Fellowship. Excellent. And if people want to come to your church and they have something very serious, uh, maybe you know <laughs> something that they come to you with in despair, know that you might crack a few knockouts <laughs> out of your own nervousness. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Gosh, I'm, I can tell I'm in one of those laugh things where I'm going to start coughing. It's good. It's time for a commercial. We'll be right back with the good news. This is the place where love lives. 810 KLVZ. The holidays can feel hopeless for those who are homeless and can't afford those delicious holiday meals. Because of this, the Denver Rescue Mission provides a hearty Thanksgiving meal to those who aren't lucky enough to have one. That meal includes, of course, a turkey. To provide for those in need, the Denver Rescue Mission needs your help. They're able to provide these turkeys only through your generous donations. You can bring your donation of a frozen turkey to the Lawrence Street Shelter, or you can donate the amount of a turkey. The average turkey is between $15 and $20. By donating, you give hope to those who never thought they would be able to enjoy another Thanksgiving dinner. For more information on how you can help this holiday season, go to denverrescuemission.org. Denver Rescue Mission changes lives in the name of Christ. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people. And two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning. And I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. 
Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Connect with us on Facebook and 810klvz.com. Welcome back to the good news. You have dreams, you have hopes, you have things you want to achieve in your life. Well, Carrie Conley with Infinite Nation, she helps us achieve those things, and she uses ice cream cones to do it. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Andy. How you doing? I love ice cream cones. I know. Most people do. I think that's why that visual works. Yeah, I think so too. You, and you had you use this visual of the ice cream cone to help people manage their lives and to uh, get their businesses moving forward and to get you know like a roadmap to their dreams. So, how um, is an ice cream cone? How is it used as a roadmap to their dreams? Well, you know, um, if you can visualize this with me, and if you aren't driving, you can actually take a minute, pull out a piece of paper, and do this with me real quick. Where I get people to draw an ice cream cone, and you've seen me do it, where they draw a big circle. That's their big favorite flavor of ice cream, and then underneath is a cone, right? Mm-hmm. And inside the cone, I have them draw three lines. So one line about the third of the way down, and one halfway through, and then the last line is about a third of the way up from the bottom. And what I do when I work with people is I get them to think about their three-year vision first, and those are the things they write inside the ice cream scoop at the top. Okay, so in the scoop at the top of the ice cream cone, we write what? So I get them to think three years out. And so what I ask them is to think about, okay, three years from today, how old will you be? If you have children, how old will they be? And that's always kind of an ouch for most people, especially the women in the room. Our babies. (laughs) Our babies. You know, all of a sudden you're flashing forward and you're going, oh, my God, they're going to be in middle school or they're going to be graduating. You know, it's a big uh for most people. Right. And then I also, you know, if you have parents that are still alive and you're involved in their lives, get them to visualize their age if you can, and that always turns up some people too. But I use three years out because most of us can see a big life shift happening about every three years because of age. You know, and everything happens when it shifts. You know, if your kids are going off to college, you're starting to see a whole different lifestyle happening, right? You're empty nesters, you're getting freed up. So I get them to write inside that visual of what that would look like, their dream life would look like in detail. So if they're traveling, where are they going? Who are they going with? Where do they live? What does the neighborhood look like? What does their business look like? You know, I get them to really crystallize that three-year life they want to see happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then inside the cone, we use the lines to break it down. So the first line down is our one-year goals that you can set. Okay. And the next, next line is six months. And then the line almost to the bottom becomes the very magical number of 90-day increments. Most of us can work within a 90-day time frame if we can stay focused on just some very specific things. Yes. The very tip of the cone becomes what most people are doing 
um, without any lineup to the ultimate vision is the daily activity, the intentional things that line up to where you really want to end up three years, five years, ten years down the road. Okay. And you and I both know if you were really what it looks like is if you turn that piece of paper upside down, this is how most people are running their businesses and their lives is that they're chipping away at the tip of the ice cream cone with really busy, you know, things, to-do lists, all those crazy things, but every year not feeling like they're moving forward in their life or their business. Mm -hmm. So the ice cream cone works because I get them to think about the three-year vision first and why that is crucial if you are trying to intentionally move forward in any area of your life. And so this busyness... This is really keeping us from our dreams. So what we're saying yes to too many things that aren't really working us towards our goal. And you've told me before that once you really know your goals and you have your vision, that it becomes easier to say no to things. Explain that. It does become easier because every time you are presented with an opportunity to do something, you can ask yourself, does this line up with where I'm going three years down the road? And if it doesn't, it's easier to say, you know what, this could be a really good thing but it's not the best thing for right now. So um, it helps you take some things off your plate. And, you know, I challenged everybody that in my coaching group yesterday in a call, and I said, for this month, my challenge for you is to take something off your plate before you even think about putting one more thing on it. Because Ah. what we tend to do is keep loading up, and I am so guilty of this, saying, you know, I can handle one more thing, I can handle one more thing. But the truth is there's 24 hours in a day. And so I'm really following this personal challenge myself to really simplify my life and to not put one more thing on that doesn't line up with what's best for me and my family and where I'm going. Well, and I, to- I feel like sometimes we can put it on the dessert plate and we can go, come, ha- come and have it later. <laughs> you can have it later. Yes. All right, Carrie, your website so people can find you. Yes, go to my website, infinitenation.com. Big event coming in January to help people work through this ice cream cone exercise. Yes, big event in January. I'll be there. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.